welcome, my friend, to another episode. Hey, before we get started, I want you to picture this, your best caregiver self. What would it look like? Imagine living your caregiver journey with vitality and joy. It might seem like a distant dream right now, but you know what? It is entirely within your reach. When you craft a personalized path focused on quality care and your well-being, the impossible becomes possible. That's what the Empowerful Caregiver School is all about. You'll receive daily video lessons, a robust journaling workbook packed with practical strategies and reflective questions guiding you towards growth and empowerment as a caregiver. Plus, you'll be part of a supportive community in our private Facebook group and join us for bi-weekly group coaching sessions. Let's rewrite your caregiver story together. Join Empowerful Caregiver School today and start thriving. Click on the link in the show notes or go right out to my website at kathylvan.com forward slash empowerful to learn. Okay, let's jump into today's lesson. Well, hello and welcome to episode 24. Today, we're going to talk about the caregiver type called the nostalgic. Do you find yourself saying, ah, the good old days? If I only could go back and relive those moments again. Or I wish I could rewind the movie of my life and enjoy the way it was. Well, friend, we are going to dive deep into this today and talk about the qualities and impacts of being a nostalgic. If you haven't taken the quiz called What's Your Caregiver Style, go out to my website at kathylvan.com forward slash quiz. And that's Kathy with a C. So it's C-A-T-H-Y-L-Van.com forward slash quiz. I want to start out today with a story of my past. I lived in a middle-class, blue-collar home. My dad worked in the automotive business, and my mom cleaned houses for a living. They worked hard, and they took pride in the things that they had. They were always working around the house and looking for ways to DIY or do home improvements and working on the curb appeal of our home. But one thing I really remember was the fun time as well. When they weren't working, they liked to play hard. My dad remodeled the basement. I remember that when I was probably in my tween, early teen ages. He took the basement and he divided the ranch home basement in half. He put in this red indoor-outdoor carpeting It looked like a family room on one side of the basement. It was kind of a real long basement. In one side, it was the family room side. And so we had the couch and the chairs and the TV and all that stuff. The middle was a a table and it allowed us to go ahead and play games, um, work on crafts. My mom hung pictures because we had a light above the table and my mom hung pictures hung pictures on the wall 
And I remember family pictures being on the wall and those uncomfortable grade school pictures when when family and friends came around, they would go, oh, look at how cute she was or look at, and they were just totally uncomfortable. Usually one had a zit on my face and one had these obnoxious glasses and so on. But my dad's pride was on the side where he built the bar at one end and he had bar stools along the thing. And there was seven. I remember that clearly. Um, he also had a radio and speakers at that time. Now I'm really aging myself. At that time, they were eight track tapes. Um, and so he would play the music down there. I remember my mom and dad would have specific evenings where they would go down and, you know, call it their happy hour time. And we would sit at the bar with them with our bottled pop. They would play cards. And every so often, my dad would pull out the projector with the big video reels. And he would put the video reels together and we would watch movies of the past. I remember watching movies of my sister and I. My dad would videotape us dressing up and walking with our high-heeled shoes on and pretending we were a, a woman walking down the sidewalk. Why am I telling you this? Every one of us has a bit of nostalgia in us, and hopefully we embrace those wonderful memories of the past. And one of the caregiver styles of our quiz that is the nostalgic caregiver. This person that is has nostalgic traits or test totally as a nostalgic caregiver looks at their loved one remembering those special past experiences and memories. You desire to return to an earlier time with them in their life by wishing that things were back to the, the way they were. I find it really interesting because when I talk to other caregivers, including myself, we all talk about, gosh, I wish we could just go back to the way it was. It was extremely hard for me to watch my dad crinkle and crumble away due to his pancreatic cancer back in, in 2017 and 2018. He was my hero, my strong and courageous dad. Growing up, he had just defined muscles. I could see that. And seeing him physically and mentally shut down just broke my heart. While few, few caregivers voice their sentiments for fear of how others will receive it, I believe that most caregivers do, do have these fleeting thoughts at some point during the journey. You are a good person who has seen your life turned into more than you can handle. You may feel sad, angry, and lonely in that nostalgic state. So let's talk about the qualities of a nostalgic caregiver. A nostalgic caregiver has a tendency to be a little, um, be like a natural sedative that nostalgia does. With each memory, it provides an escape and a longing to go back to these past experiences and then hold on to each moment. While nostalgia can provide a warm memory in those occasional moments, repeated patterns can lead to not accepting your reality. And I find I found myself many times not wanting to accept the reality of my dad um, getting worse and worse each and every day. Now, if you're a nostalgic caregiver, 
um, you may be a reminiscer. You're missing your loved one on the of the past. You wish you could go back and do things that you did in the past with them, but they may not be physically or emotionally able to engage with, with like they used to, like you used to be. I yearn, some days I yearn for my husband of the past, the one who could do the things of the past with me. But now that his cancer has played a havoc on his joints, his muscles, and sometimes his energy, I just have to go ahead and and be okay with that. And there's days that I'm okay with it, and there's some days that I just like keep wishing I could go back. Another quality of a nostalgic is a hope they're hopeful. You look at your loved one and, and their and your life and are hopeful that things will go back to normal. You're convincing yourself that things can go back to normal when caregiving is done. Do you do that? You may be even thinking that life will be the same again soon. Friend, I have to tell you, life will never, never go back to the way it was. Even if your loved one totally recovers, things are going to change. And I, I think about my brother um, who, and I don't remember what the date was, but he he fought in the Afghanistan. Some He went overseas and fought in Afghanistan, Afghanistan for a while. He His Humvee had a, an accident and he had received head injuries. And when he came back, he had PTSD as well. It affected him physically and mentally. And I remember his family so excited for him to come back, but it wasn't the same person when he came back. And by having those negative thoughts as a nostalgic person and doubting that and wishing you could go back to normal, my brother needed time to heal. And then as he healed, he became a different person. Another quality of a nostalgic thinker is you're a positive thinker. You're uh, a thinker that are saddled with the belief that staying continuously positive gives you and your loved one the best chance to go ahead and recover or have the best chance to change things. You may refuse to entertain more negative thoughts as they come by. They can be potentially harmful. I even thought to myself, because I have some tendencies that negative thoughts were a bad thing and I felt guilty for thinking about them. But I think positivity can shadow your vision of reality. It may prevent you and your love from from taking necessary steps to face the challenges of caregiving squarely or head on. Positivity is a great quality. It keeps you from going into that bad, deep, dark place. And you can find communities and and people, support groups to go ahead and keep you on that track. But you also have to be aware that positivity can be a crutch. It's stunted and shut off my reality thinking Oh, probably a whole year. I thought I had to do that. I thought I had to put on this, this front and it really stunted that, that reality thinking for me. Now, another quality, which I love this quality, you all, is you're triggered by sensory, sensory stimuli. Think about familiar songs or smells 
or or maybe you, you a landmark or something you look at that brings you back to the past and it brings on those nostalgic feelings. It can also be conversations or a self-directed memory or a reflection that just comes into your mind. Your sensory stimuli can improve your mood and lift your loved one's spirit as well. I remember my dad going through his his journey of leaving this world, and we played his old-time country music for a while there, and it really brought me back to my past, brought me tears, but it also brought me comfort of knowing that my dad could go ahead and, and escape for a little bit. I really love the stimuli one, and like I said, it can bring you back and escape. The next one is storytelling is another good quality. You hold those special memories and thoughts close to your heart. It makes you happy and joyous when you share those memories with your loved ones, friends, and family. And it really can help your loved one as well. You find yourself on occasion paging through those photo albums and looking at those movies. Now they're not reels anymore like I did in my past. Maybe you still have some on videotapes or you now can go back to the memories on your phone and share special memories. As your loved one is suffering, you might find peace and joy in your memories and your stories. On those tough days, I'm touching my heart right now, hold those stories close and it can provide you with a really a purpose or a reason for life because sometimes you get to the point where you're like, why am I in this place? Or oh, you, know, you just want to give up sometimes. And the nostalgic tendencies, and if you can pull this one in, even if it's not your strongest one, pull some of those memories or those those past experiences to go ahead and pull you through the day. So I want to move now to what are the impacts of being a nostalgic person or caregiver or having nostalgia? Nostalgia can be good and it can be a bad thing. The good comes from those wonderful memories like we had talked to and reinforces why you care as much as you do for your loved one passionately. But it also can be a bad thing because you spend more time in wishing and yearning and wanting the old time and the old space and you don't spend enough time looking forward and facing reality. The impacts are... Depression is one of them. Your feeling of sadness and depression because your your loved one's condition is deteriorating, or you're you're depressed because of the lack of progress that you can't go back to the life you are. I I I faced this. Oh my gosh, my biggest one was 2018 and 2017, and I had to realize that I had to allow myself time to feel sad that I had to go ahead and spend less time in my old life and had to have courage to move forward in my new caregiving journey and my new relationship with my loved one because the relationship of the past is different now. 
Another impact is frustration. Frustration and disappointment over not being able to enjoy your old life. You have to adjust your schedules now, your social life. Things that you enjoy have may have to take a back seat. This change is not easy, nor did you ask for it. And frustration and anger may set in. You may acknowledge your new identity and your new normal, and you'll have to figure it out now. Because you can't do, you, you have to do things differently. I shouldn't say you can't do them. You, you can't do them the same way. They have to be done differently. And that may frustrate you a bit and you have to get beyond that. Another impact is total loneliness. Oh my gosh, I can't tell you how many times I felt lonely. Those special occasions where your loved one can't, if you're, if it's a spouse, a partner, a fiance, your husband, your wife, whatever it would be, and you celebrated it away in the past and now you can't anymore, that could create total loneliness. I remember sobbing and feeling sorry for myself on New Year's Eve because my husband was sleeping because he just had chemotherapy that week. And our New Year's Eves weren't spent by ourselves. We were spent with our loved one. And I couldn't kiss him at midnight and so on. And I just kind of had that feel sorry for Kathy kind of moment. Yeah, caregiving responsibilities and your loved one's condition limits your time to socialize with your friends as well, which could cause loneliness. You find yourself sitting alone and missing your social life, missing your loved one. Isolation and loneliness are common, are very, very common with caregivers. If you don't interact with others, it can impact your mental and physical health. And COVID played a big role in this this year and last year as well. Yet you have to figure out new ways to go ahead and fill that loneliness and not stay in that lonely state. And maybe it's a different, maybe it's Facebook community. Maybe it's, I started the app Marco Polo so that I could socialize more with with people and you could you could talk on video and that other person talks on video back to you and you don't have to be available at the same time. So you have to find different ways to go ahead and do that. Another impact is grief. This kind of loss and grief can hurt as much as 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 what you feel when a loved one dies. Your loved one is still with you, but you're grieving your old life. It's real. The loss of your loved one, even when they're still here. You can't ignore these feelings of missing him, missing her. You miss past experiences. You miss their conversations. You miss their activities. You miss their laughs and their energy that they had. I could go on and on and on. It's very, very different now. And grief, you'll go through different stages of grief. And you'll have to figure out how to go ahead and move on and be content with the grief. Grief will never go away. But you have to go ahead and kind of slowly tune down that grief. Another one is denial and impact. Denial is the first stage of the grieving process. New caregivers experience denial themselves while also needing to support their loved one. Caregiving is so labor-intensive and your responsibilities are so heavy, and it also plays a toll on your, your physical health and your mental health. 
in even the most experienced family caregivers or primary caregivers are in denial. It's imperative for you to care for your own needs before addressing the needs of others. I have a note in here, it says delays in acceptance may happen, especially if it was a sudden move to being a caregiver. Allowing time to process the diagnosis or the event is a most important first step to adjusting to your new normal. Because I think most of us, when we become a caregiver, we just go head into motion mode. Okay, I get it. I got it. For better or for worse, uh, my parents took care of me. Now it's time for me to take care of them. We go into that mode, but we're not accepting the fact that the rest of our life has to change. And that's a hard one. And no people deal with it the same way. There is no right or wrong approach, and some days may be more difficult than others, but don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. You will eventually figure out your new normal, especially as you go through the grieving process. Another one is the imp- another impact of being a nostalgic caregiver is worry. Your life changed the day you became a caregiver. Oh my gosh. Um, and it now puts a strain, maybe it puts a strain on you physically, emotionally, maybe it's financially. We didn't talk about that at all. And you may have to take time off work or you have to go ahead and your loved one isn't working. So maybe that is worrying you financially. You can't help but wish you could go back to the time where you didn't have to worry about a specific thing. Maybe it's finances. I said that word weird. Maybe it's finances. And so you have to go ahead and think through, okay, my spouse isn't working now. And this is the income that we have to deal with. And you have to go ahead and figure it out. But worry has to be a huge burden on yourself. I remember Dennis, when we went through the his chemotherapy treatments and all of his surgeries and all of that kind of stuff, seeing that mounds and mounds of bills come through that were not covered by the insurance, by our insurance, and then getting the collection calls, seeing emails coming through and having to pay off that debt. At one point I thought about, oh my gosh, are we going to have to sell our home? And I worried a lot about that and had to figure that out. Thankfully, and I'm so thankful because maybe you're not in that situation, we were able to figure it out. And that'll be a whole nother um, episode that I can share eventually. But in a nutshell, we did sell, I did sell my car. We went down to one car. We did have to go ahead and slowly pay off a lot of things. We sold things in our house to go ahead and pay off some of those things. But worry was a huge, huge piece for us financially. Another impact and the last impact is caregiver stress. Oh my gosh, I've talked about this in previous episodes. And so go back and listen to episode 21 of my podcast. And you can find that at kathylvan.com forward slash episode 21. I go through the three stages of caregiver overwhelm. 
But it's important for you to recognize and watch for the signs of caregiver overwhelm during this time of change and adjustment for you. Some of the early signs of caregiver overwhelm, which the first stage is caregiver stress, is you're becoming angry or irritated easier than normal. You're feeling overwhelmed and constantly worried. You're noticing health issues of yourself. Maybe it's body aches, heart palpitations, more headaches than normal. Maybe your blood pressure is going off. Watch for just those irregular health signs that you have. You have difficulty sleeping or trouble concentrating or you're overeating or undereating or over drinking, whatever it would be. I, in the, in the results of a nostalgic caregiver, I put in here, it took time for me to accept this new normal. When the phone rang, I'm going to go back to my dad's story again. When the phone rang and my dad told me his scan results didn't look good, I was in disbelief. Then two weeks later, when the doctor told my spouse that he had cancer, I was numb. That all happened back in September of 2017, and I had to face the reality that my life was changing, but I never did anything. Sure, I changed my work schedule and started taking on caregiving responsibilities, but once the dust settled and the caregiving was part of my roles and responsibilities, I started feeling this roller coaster of emotions. These emotions made me feel guilty guilty for feeling this way. I was missing my old life. I miss going into work with the everyday issues. You know, I mean, the everyday issues seem so minimal now. I miss running, physically running. I actually trained and ran at before 2017. I ran nine half marathons and I loved running. I missed time with my friends and I missed my freedom to do things and just get in the car and go run errands or shop at the mall or do what I wanted to do. It seemed like it was all gone. Once you accept your new normal, you can then move forward and take care of your emotions and most importantly, embrace yourself. Embrace your emotions. Embrace your new normal. Here's the the my lasting, I'm counting my dots, my lasting six thoughts here. It starts with letting go of your guilty feelings and remembering that you can have bad thoughts and still be a good caregiver. Let those bad thoughts come to you because they're, they're your true there's your true emotions. Another one is step outside of your perspective and separate your thoughts. This will reduce your anxiety and stress. It may require you to journal more and write things down so that you can go ahead and write down all the frustrations, anxiety, and stress, and then saying, how can I step outside of that? Or crumble the piece of paper up and throw it away. Um, Another one is be open to not being perfect and learn what works for you. Yes, don't. And my advice is don't put yourself on this big perfection pedestal. People will give you advice. People will say this is the way you should do it, but you have to do it your way. My way. It's my way. Know Know you'll figure it out and allow yourself time to adjust. It's almost like you're starting a new job or you're a new mom 
Think about that. When you were a new mom, you weren't perfect. You had to figure out how you were going to be your new mom, how you were going to be the mom. Appreciate the joy in your new normal. Appreciate the little things, the joyous things, the the coworkers or the support that you will get. Will that bring you joy? Whatever it would be. And then lastly, get help. You need to get help so that you can adjust to your new normal. Allow the help. The help may be um, a coworker helping you with a project at work. It may be the neighbor cutting the lawn, not exactly the way you want it, but they're cutting the lawn. It may be your friend saying, asking you, what can I do for you? And, and if they say, can I run and get you a sub sandwich for lunch? Say yes, yes. So that's all I have for you today. And I'm glad we're coming to the end because my voice is starting to get kind of like I'm getting hoarse. I must be really giving it my all today. But that's all I have for you today. But remember, it's important to fill your cup first. You cannot, cannot be an effective caregiver and the best you without caring for yourself first. So you have a good day and we'll talk to you soon. Bye for now.